everybody. Good afternoon or good evening, depending on the time of the day that you're watching or listening. Yeah. Yep. That's right. We're Those here three with options. three options that we know of. And then we have Pastor Bruce over here. I am here. Pastor Eric Gill. Yes, I'm here. Beyond the Pew. Beyond the Pew. Yep. And yep. we have a guest, a special guest. A special guest. Another guest. Crazy. Yeah. Another special guest, normally behind the camera. Behind? Yes. Behind the camera. That Not could beyond be, the pew, but behind the camera. That could be another you podcast name. You could put my camera name. behind the pew. Yeah. And then behind the camera. We'll be on, yeah, uh-huh. You, you notice That's how it. we don't get, yeah. in, we don't have enough special guests. Like, there's always a new special guest. <laughs> uh, yep. We don't get enough yeah. as in they just keep coming. They just keep, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we keep bringing yes. you special guests. keep coming with special And guests. today is none other than the world-renowned yep. MC Morales. Look at that. But uh, what is your real name? And who you, I guess introduce yourself. Yeah. So my name is not MC Morales, though you can totally call me that if you like. Uh, Miles Quibido. Uh, I am the video director at Maranatha Bible Church. Yeah. 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 Cool. So just for context, uh, spell your last name. Yes. <laughs> for context. It's, it's a lot. Uh, Q-U-E-B-E-D-E-A-U-X. So, and, and then from yeah. that, we arrived that it's easier to just call him Miles Morales. Sure. Why not? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, as far as being video director, I think it was all, almost why you stopped. <laughs> you were yeah. waiting for me to talk about it more. Uh, so along with Adam Littlefield, uh, I do support in general production across Maranatha Bible Church. But on top of that, too, just being more video specific managing broadcast and uh, general video production, including things like this podcast and otherwise the supporting ministry uh, heads that are involved in uh, the you know ministries we do here at Maranatha. So hmm. whether it be through video production for just general uh, promotion of events or testimonial content, we even have baptism uh, that we just at this point kind of completed. Uh, and so most of those videos and interviews, we do those as well. So yeah. yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty extensive uh, work that you do. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Which is almost why I get a little rambly because yeah. it's just like, if you think that's maybe a thing that a video director does, it's probably close to what I've done. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Miles, how long have you been serving at the church? Cause you're a relatively new position. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, depending on kind of when this one airs, it'll be just over the two month hump. So mm-hmm. I started August 14th. So that's when that would have been. So nice. yeah. Yeah. So pretty fresh. Like you, you made the point of. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The newest staff member at Maranatha up to this point. Yeah, that's right. So we we were excited. Now, uh, you have a very unique role, you know, and I feel like depending on your church background, sure. depending on uh, even even in your age, I guess, uh, they may they, people may have different opinions as to, you know, what is what is that you do, but also why is that you do those things. So the question is, why is production such a crucial aspect of the modern church? Yeah, I mean, when you phrase it like that in a way where it's specifically relating to modern church. Yeah. Um, modern, not in the sense of like today's church. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, so, my whole thing, like, first and foremost, when you talk about background, uh, I started working in ministry as a student pastor. So, naturally, a lot of my bent is to try and create and help facilitate engaging environments for all five generations of the church. And at Maranatha, I think that we do have very prominently all five generations participating in worship and in the teaching that takes place. And so when I think about production as it relates to the church of today, or just at least a foot forward version of the church of today, 
it is a matter of like creating an environment that does exactly that to where no one on either side of the spectrum of the generational gaps uh, feel like they're not being thought of or accounted for when that takes place. So why production is important, um, you know, our production director, Adam Littlefield has a, I'm going to get it wrong, but he has a card posted on his corkboard in his office that talks about creating non-distracting and engaging environments of worship. I'm probably wrong in quoting that, but I think the heartbeat behind that would be the same thing that I would hope to achieve as it relates to video or any other supporting item when it comes to production, is that the goal isn't to have a cool and flashy um, yeah. production that we put on. The goal is to create a non-distracting and engaging environment of worship, whether it relates to um, the music portions of that or the teaching or anything else that we hope to put on a pedestal to represent uh, in the course of a service or otherwise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And production a lot of times gets the, I guess, the negative connotation. Sure. That yeah. It's, it's because it's a show or it's yeah. because yeah. you're trying to perform. Or, but we have to understand that there is there is an aspect of production in the standpoint of creating an environment where distraction is removed, as you mentioned. Totally. And in addition to that, though, also taking advantage of it in regards to production as tools mm -hmm. to get the message out and to be able to further the ministry that is already present right. so more people can see it and more people can engage with it. And so one of the ways we do that right now, we, we live stream every Sunday. Yeah. And even putting the time and effort into making what's happening mm -hmm. in the church available to those maybe that aren't in the church yet or that for some reason can't be at the church yet. And so production's huge when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. And we've been blessed. We've been fortunate to hear a lot of testimonies from people sure. of how that's ministered to them. Great. And you yeah. play a huge role in that yeah. right now, sure. obviously. And yeah. so we're always seeking to improve in that too. So. Yeah. yeah. And you were alluding to where we're going next, Miles, because uh, to your point, Bruce, I feel like when depending on your background, when you hear the word production, you immediately assume that we're talking about a show. Sure. Like you go to a Broadway event or you go to a play or a concert, you think of the production as like, oh, I'm going to that thing to be uh, entertained or to be just surprised or engaged, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, with that, there's also the recognition that, you know, as times change, not everything, but there are areas that it will be beneficial for us as a church to innovate. So in your experience, what would you say are some ways that we can innovate in our uh, production without becoming that a show where people just come in to be entertained? Yeah, I mean, I want to answer initially almost as like a non-answer, um, because I think that innovation and uh, production are always, assuming that we're always on the path of being interested in getting better at what we do, mm -hmm. um, they're always going to be hand in hand. I think that the difference between uh, what you're saying uh, when it comes to innovation and the difference of like being a show, that's entirely a posture thing. Um, the trouble is, is that, you know, we live in a world of strong presumptions like people look through the lens of what people want them to see all the time. If you go to someone's uh, personal like social media account or even they have a website or whatever, they have an about me section where they might tell you what they think of themselves and they mm. want, want you to see about them. Uh, but when church happens, a lot of times people bring their assumptions about what church is before they even give it a chance. Um, and so they can walk into a, a worship center or a sanctuary or an auditorium, whatever they call it, and they can take all the baggage they have about what church is in as they go to see a production of sorts. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of that is on us to constantly show the character of what we're hoping to accomplish mm -hmm. in a worship context. Um, 
if you're always trying to elevate production and care about it, the, the frustrating part is, is that sometimes people's assumptions about what you care about are going to be that. Yeah. Unless you have a pastor, a worship um, pastor, or anybody that's leading worship that directs people back to the most important parts. Yeah, sure. Um, but what I would say, too, is that this isn't an issue that the church has had only most recently. Um, when you look at, like, the history of when stained glass windows were being first brought into like the early church, there was a lot of apprehension about that. Um, but the truth is, is like all that does is frame up the things they care about the most in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. um, to, to people that ne didn't necessarily see the value in it, there was a little bit of why do we need this? Is this necessary? Yeah. Is this all those things? But we look at it now as a revered part of history and a piece of art that represents the things that uh, we honestly care about the most. And so like when I think about those things and I think about is it a performance? Is it all those things? Um, a thought that comes to mind is like if you go into someone's house uh, and if they have a family and especially if they lived in that house for a long time, have you ever walked into their home and seen frames put on their walls that only still had the like insert that they had when they bought? Yeah. The frame. You don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and especially when you think about, uh, you know, you, you gentlemen have, have been to seminary and you've worked through education uh, and you, I would imagine, have your diplomas and things framed. And the odd part of it, too, is that like if you cared about it and it was a mark of like accomplishment, you frame that, too. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's our families, whether it's our accomplishments, whether it's our testimony, whether it's our faith, uh, we do put a frame a little bit around the things we care about. Mm -hmm. um, production serves, I believe, uh, in a in a week to week or biweekly or whenever it gets utilized. I feel like it is just a metaphor of a frame around what we care about. We don't necessarily care about the frame. You know, when when we invite people over to our house, we don't necessarily show them our frames that we have of our pictures, but we use sure. that frame to show what we care about the most. Yeah. And so, in light of that, production and saying, how do we prevent from putting on a show? which is your question, um, is just to remind them of what the thing is that we're using production to showcase yeah. for. Um, production is not the goal. The goal is leading people to, to Jesus in sure. a new mm -hmm. and engaging way. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And, yeah. you know, we, we had uh, Stephen Poindexter on in the past, and he's, you know, focused on a lot of the administrative side of things in our office. He's our office manager and, and, and focuses on that. And he talked about the, uh, the necessity of planning mm -hmm. and right. the necessity of having organization and administration as something that is an enhancement. And so in many ways, production and all that goes into production shows how much we value and care about sure. what it is right. we're seeking to accomplish because – it would be much easier to just say, you know what, we're not doing any of that. Mm -hmm. We're right. just going to stand up front and do what we're going to do and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And there are some people who are like, yeah, that's what God uses. But at yeah. the same time, when you look at the building of the temple, for example, mm -hmm. when you look right. at you know those things that people would do in honoring God and giving God the best with yeah. what they had available to them, it mattered to them yeah. about those things. Right. And so what you're saying is really, I, I love the picture that you're giving of the framing yeah. of what, what is supposed there. to be, of <laughs> yeah. what is supposed to be focused on. Yeah. And in many yeah. ways, that's what production is doing is it's yeah. framing it up for people. And, and when you think about it, like, and it is kind of crazy. So like when you think about the building of the tabernacle mm -hmm. and all of the, the nuances that went into it and how very rigid <laughs> things were mm -hmm. and at times, like when you look at the cost for production, like if we want to just use those words, cause we use them regularly now, but the cost for production that it took to properly erect the tabernacle. That was an intentional and costly process, sure. um, yeah. but they cared about it and they yeah. did it. So, yeah. 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 And, 
and it's, you wouldn't want that. But there may be someone that would that, that may could have been someone who would look at that and and feel like, while we're doing all this sure. seems too right. too extra for uh for what we're doing. Like we could simplify this and still honor God, which in a sense you could. But it is very interesting that even in those in that moment, like God was very uh, specific about what He was requiring them to do. Yeah. The other thing too is that like on the comment of because that's a whole nother topic, right? Is like could we do the same with less? I think if people got to to know me more, I think they would realize that I am I'm not a maximalist. I don't want necessarily things just for things' sake. Um, and and judging by a lot of the conversations that you know Adam, our production director, and I have had about these things, uh, we very much are interested in uh, not to not to be lazy. Don't misunderstand. But it is but it is a matter of what can we get the most amount of return on for the least amount of investment fiscally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because we do realize that with the roles that we have, and especially, you know, you guys in similar ways, but for different reasons, um, we recognize the faith that each person that attends this church is putting into us as far as like what we're going to do with uh, the tithe and the intention that they have put forward on it. And so because of that, um, that's why a lot of the choices that we make and a lot of the things that we dive our time into is prayerfully considered and thought through. And so when you ask the question, you know, you know, do other people think about, could we, is it necessary? Is it extra? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, absolutely. I agree. And so I would love, you know, obviously to continue answering that question on a day-to-day basis to make sure we're not doing anything over and above what's necessary yeah. to tell the story of what God's yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I look to the next question, yeah. you know, uh, as someone who norm- do, I would say you're an expert of recording because you uh, expert loose. But yeah, no, I would it, say yeah. I wouldn't say loosely. I would say <laughs> he, he, he's being sh- humble, but he's really good at record at recording or using the camera. But what are the advantage of storytelling? So you're really good at, at capturing that. So uh, what are the advantages of storytelling and how does it relate to both the church and the daily life of a believer? Yeah. Um, in some way, shape or form, I think that whether it's storytelling in the form of film uh, or even photography or whatever the visual medium might be, I think that uh, we're all required in some capacity to tell a story of what God's doing in our lives. And I think that people kind of miss that, that the the explanation of what God has done in my life and what he continues to do uh, is a testimony that is ultimately used to further the Great Commission. And I think that... Um, while it is an Old Testament story, uh, in Joshua, uh, when Joshua has the 12 tribes of, of Judah crossing the Jordan, the thing is, is that he tells each member of that tribe to bring a stone uh, and to erect it in the Jordan and, and use this as a monument to, to remind yourselves of what God has done on this day and to then go and tell uh, the future generations to come what is what God has done on this day for the sake of the legacy of God. Um, and, you know, when we look at the Old Testament, we have to be very careful about what is prescriptive and what's descriptive, not knowing that, you know, Joshua and God himself was not talking directly to me, but I'm looking at this to know that the character of God, uh, we learn that God is a God that wants to be known and be made known. Sure. Um, and through understanding that Joshua mandated that to, to tell like the oral like events of what had taken place um, is important. And mm-hmm. I think that video particularly gives us a means to tell a story in a, in a much more engaging way yeah. uh, at times than we could ever do with people on a large scale in yeah. any other capacity. And so as it relates to the church, as it relates to day to day, I think it's important that 
we you know regularly think of you know how can i best use my testimony to let people know what god is doing in my life mm-hmm. um i think that that's practical and necessary in general but as it relates to video um i think that one of the coolest things that the church has an opportunity to do today is that now maybe more than ever is uh, short form video and long form video more accessible to create than it ever has been, uh, but it also is more digested than it ever has been. So mm-hmm. whether it be social media related, whether it be in-service content use, uh, website-based, or some level of ad-based use, which I don't know that we would get it on storytelling at its face, but for event promotion, I think that we are at a point now where if the church doesn't at, at large recognize that this is a, a possibility that we can capitalize on, uh, then we're missing a great opportunity. Um, and that comes with like two people. That's one, the church recognizing that it is a viable option to do. And then mm-hmm. two, the person that you would hope to have a story and and see the the mandate or the calling to, to show what God is doing in their lives, to also value it equally. Um, and so me as like video director at, at Maranatha, it's absolutely exciting to be a part of a church that is faithful and interested enough in that process that they would care enough to to kind of go down that road and ask mm-hmm. questions like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, in many ways where the production team and video that's being distributed, that's being recorded whether it's testimonies, baptism testimonies, you know, um individual videos that have been shown in services or that are posted on social media, in many ways we're putting tools in people's hands. Right. Yeah. yeah. From the church to yeah. be yeah. able to utilize, to be able to share and to be able to impact people who as we mentioned earlier, may never step foot in the church right. initially, but that's a way that we, you know, can still share what God's doing right. and hit audiences of people that we otherwise would never hit. And, yeah. and right now, given the current culture we live in, those are like endless possibilities as yeah. far as online presence and how we can minister to people even through media. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we want to, as much as possible, take advantage of that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we, we, we had, when we had John too, he talked about the the value of engaging in social media and engaging with the content that we produce. And, and majority of the content that comes out from our social media page comes from things that you're doing right now, uh, whether it's photo or videos. And and the value of, of us as a church to be able to, to kind of empower individuals is to, sure. to say, hey, look, look at this little short clip from a sermon on a Sunday. Uh, you may not think that that's important, but by you sharing it, you don't know if that is something that God can use to speak to the life of somebody. Or this video of a testimony of somebody that just got baptized and how God works in their life. Or, you know, when we share something about, uh, we had Kristen as well, or about, um, the ministry that we have for uh, grace and beauty, grace and beauty. Yeah. like like that, you, you just don't know the reach of of what those things can do can can do in someone's life, and yeah. and I think that that Poindexter also had a good way of putting it. It's like today, where in today's world, I'm naming them all. Yeah, uh, he said people come through the church first. Or as people come through, it used to be where people walk to the church first, but now they check us on on an online platform. And a lot of you doing comes out into that venue. Yeah. The other thing too, um, that, and this is like a one-off thing. If you if you guys are familiar with Maranatha Bible Church, uh, you guys might know uh, the great Rick Colelli, who's uh, our director of her maintenance. Uh, <laughs> he and I were talking about it the other day. You know, the things that you just mentioned, just to kind of circle on that. 
I think that's great, like equipping people with a resource that can then be used to kind of like shuttle uh, the gospel message to other people. It's fantastic. Uh, and then to your point, also, it gives people resource to to be aware of ministries that are also there. The thing that um, Rick and I were talking about the other day is that it just seems like the deeper, well, he said that the farther and farther they get, that uh, we get away from his generation, the more and more interested uh, people are in authentic stories of what God is doing. Um, and so I feel like more so, you know, if I think about my life, right, like I grew up in a, in a home that had a strong biblical basis, but very rarely, ironically, did I have uh, personal testimony of what God was doing, mm-hmm. uh, being told. So it was like lots of biblical education, mm-hmm. lots of principles, lots of, uh, you could say rules put around me around what it should look like. Uh, but very rarely was I being told about what God is doing in the individual lives of the people I was sure. around. And so the trouble can be, especially as you like, look at, uh, my generation and below. So like the 30 millennials type vibe and below, um, not you, Bruce. <laughs> not you. It's debatable. It depends yeah. on who you. It's uh, true. No, no, no. It depends. Yeah. No. Whatever we know. We know. But it, it, as we kind of like drift farther down in the number count, which I didn't mean to mention a generation, but I'm sorry, Bruce. Uh, but it's anyway, fine. Yeah. but as Whatever. we drift farther down, there seems to be less of an interest in the rules and more in the testimony. And mm-hmm. that's not to say that people don't necessarily care once they profess a faith in Jesus, that they are interested in caring about how to live a life of sanctification and holiness. It just means that the more interested we are in knowing the humanity of the people that are a part of the church that we're a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to talk about like how the gospel in practice can like, cause life change Mm -hmm. uh, is when people are legitimate about what God has done in their life and where they came from and where they're at and how people can better understand Jesus on the level that they did too. And the only way you do that is by people being willing. Um, Talking about, you know, the Joshua passage again, it's like it took effort. And one of the things that's a a huge bummer about that is in second Kings, it actually talks about that group that was supposed to (laughs) talk about the things that God did on that day further his name into generations. And it says there uh, that that generation couldn't have been farther from God. And so my fear also would be, it's just like that we don't see opportunities to tell the true story, what God's doing. Mm -hmm. And it it really, even if we made a hundred videos that didn't exactly on the nose, give opportunity to show what God's doing, but we promoted an event. Yeah, man. That would be a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, you're exactly right. But the videos, yeah. when used appropriately to to be a a vessel for the gospel message, I think it is yeah. extremely strong. Yeah. yeah. So uh, with your skills, you're constantly capturing stories. Sure. You know, uh, and, and I know you do things on the side, like you you do weddings and things like that, and you're constantly looking at different set of stories. So when you think about the greatest story ever told, which is not a, like a mystical story, it's more like a, it's like an actual event that took place, sure. you know? And I say that because sometimes you hear the word story and you think it's like, okay, it's a children's thing. No, yeah. no, we're talking about an the event that far happened. far away, there was, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 we're not talking about yeah. that, yeah. yeah. We're talking about the this, the, the gospel, you know, yeah. who Jesus is yeah. and what he did for us. And so uh, the, I think that there are principles on how to tell that story. But my question is, as someone that is constantly uh, capturing storytelling, what are some principles or, or things that we should prioritize or that you look for when someone is sharing a story that they should prioritize when we are telling the gospel, sharing the gospel with other people? Yeah. I mean, no. I think that there's a discerning like thing 
is that there's always like three major parts. And I don't think this is even necessarily strict with, with stories themselves, but it's always like conflict, pinnacle of conflict and solution. It's just like, I think that we all began in a position of being fallen. We all began a position of also believing that uh, we were, we, that this is it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. there isn't necessarily a better life to be lived. There isn't a life abundant beyond the one that I have. Um, and then um, what does C.S. Lewis say? He says, God uh, whispers in our day-to-day our -day shouts and our pain. I forget exactly yeah, how it's mm -hmm. something similar so, Something to yeah. that, that angle. But I believe so much that, um, you know, that that is true is that God uses uh, areas in our life to make himself more presently mm -hmm. acknowledgeable. Um, it's not to say he wasn't there before. Yeah. It's just to say that we go so long in our lives uh, having him there, having him available, but we in our our depravity and our fallenness don't have the awareness to to know that he's there the For way sure. he is. Yeah. Um, and in those moments, we have a pinnacle of of the problem. And that in and of itself, it gives us a crossroads and understanding that there is a grace, there is something out there that we don't deserve, but yet was given to us regardless. Mm -hmm. uh, and because of that, we have a life to live that is abundant, not necessarily problem-free, mm -hmm. not necessarily overly like uh, 10 out of 10 joyous every single day that has no issues whatsoever, uh, but one that is abundant, is mission-filled, and mm -hmm. it has a purpose. Mm -hmm. Inside of that, all of us have that. If we, if we profess Jesus as our Savior, we truly understand the, de the depths of where we were prior to understanding and knowing him. Um, we can articulate that. Mm -hmm. I think that's where when I say um, knowing how to tell your own story is to ask yourself more clearly, um, how do I personally like explain that? How do I personally describe that yeah. for myself? Um, and I think everyone has a unique way of telling not only their story, but the story of what God has done. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a crucial part too. It's not just your story to hold on to. It's his story to be told, you know? Mm -hmm. And so because of that, it's, it's an incumbent upon us to know how to say it because mm -hmm. that is our testimony. Mm -hmm. um, and the way in which we can explain that it has, it's just another tool. It's another mm -hmm. like, you know, bullet in the chamber just to fire at the enemy with. And yeah. um, the moment that you're convinced that your story isn't a special one. Uh, that's not true. Uh, sure. <laughs> and the moment that you're convinced that, um, you know, that there isn't someone that would appeal to it or understand it. Yeah. Uh, that's also not true because for every one of you, there probably is a hundred of you also that feel that same way, but if could be just encouraged to think of this differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the church needs it. I think, uh, God deserves it for what he has done for us. Um, but yeah, so like every single person has an independent redemption story that is extremely valuable. And it bums me out sometimes yeah. when people don't believe that it's real and yeah. that it's worth you know, combing through and sharing. Yeah, yeah and I, I feel like sometimes we don't hear some of the testimonies that flow from the testimonies that yes. have been recorded. Yes. Right. So we recently had our elders share their testimonies on Sunday morning. And we heard a lot of feedback almost from every week yeah. where someone in the congregation related to either the past struggles or history or whatever that our, our elders shared about their personal lives. And they were just really encouraged thinking, wow, like I thought yeah. I was the only one yeah. that, that dealt with this, or I yeah. thought I was the yeah. only one that struggled with this. And so you, people don't oftentimes realize what God has done in their life and how God has transformed, no matter what, how, how quote unquote dark or deep your past goes. Yeah. 
anybody who's been transformed by Christ, it's a, is, it's a miraculous yeah, work yeah. of God. Yeah. And, and that yeah. should be shared, but we don't know the scope of how much impact that can right. have. Right. And yeah. part of it is I think people need to be willing to share how they've been impacted, yeah. you know, and that inspires other people then yeah. to impact people. And, yeah. and, and I think that like, like you think like we, in our, in our history, you know, I remember multiple baptisms like that either I, I've heard being recorded or that even on that day when we were doing it as a testimony is being shared that they say in their testimony, yeah, so I was here at the last baptism and I saw this, this someone's testimonies that they share and how the testimony, uh, like impacted me so much so that yeah. I realized, okay, this is something that I need to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to me, like, I, I, it's funny. I just had this conversation with somebody about the, the value of our testimony and how often we think Think that if uh, the more dramatic or the more right, dark right, your testimony right. is, the more powerful it is. And to your point, Bruce, it's like no, every single testimony is powerful. It's worth it to be shared because it's talking about how someone who was dead in their sin is now brought to life, and yeah. that's worthy to, to be shared. And so for us, as we're doing this podcast, that we're encouraging our people or our listeners to take whatever we were learning on Sunday and apply it beyond the pew, this is certainly an area that we can all apply. It's to recognize that we have a story to tell that truly it's not our story. Yeah. It's the story of how God worked in us and we are just blessed to be the ones to get to tell it. Yeah. You know, and so to encourage our people, you listeners or whoever's watching that, there's something that you can do too, that if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a story to tell. And so let's share it. Yeah. And I mean, I could could probably ramble about this for a long time. The other misconception too, is that your testimony is only the moment of, uh, you know, <laughs> committing your life to Christ. Yeah. Sure. But what I, I can say confidently is that while that portion of my life isn't especially glamorous, there is other parts that yeah. I feel like my wife and I, especially with some of the life that we've lived together since, uh, that we definitely feel like a bigger part of our testimony is what God's been doing in the last five years, but mm-hmm. not necessarily, not that it wasn't worth talking about or isn't consistently, but I feel like there's a lot of weight yeah. on acknowledging what God does in the present Absolutely. just as much as what he's yeah. done in the past. Yeah. And so the testimony of a person is not just one day, one time, yeah. and we're done. Sure. We've arrived. It is yeah. a matter of the fact that we have a living God and we have a living faith. And in light of that, we live a life still on this earth presently. And because of that, there's always more to talk about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's, like I said, I could riff on that for probably yeah. more than necessary. But <laughs> but yeah, it it is something that, to your point, is valuable just to remember that for as much as you wake up each day, pray a prayer of, of protection over yourself and your family. Uh, there is equally as many people out there that need the grace that you have and you have a story that yeah. is, is worth talking sure. about. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because it's a reminder too of like, you know, we, we serve a living God that is constantly acting, that is constantly working. And the same way he worked when we first believed, yeah. he's still working today right. in our life. And so our, like, it's, it's one of the beauties of the gospel is that our testimony, in a sense, is never ending. Right. Because so long right. as you live, God's still working in your life. That's right. And so long as you live, there are things about your day, your life that you can still share and 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 be uh be of a blessing for somebody that is listening yeah uh so miles with that you know as someone who is involved i mean i think we were talking i mean mm-hmm. just in the month of october you have made like like 20 videos or a little something or something, like, something that, yeah. like that 
how what would you what would you how would you encourage our congregation? So if someone is listening or watching that attends Maranatha, how, what would be your encouragement to them as to how they should respond to that content? Whether it's something like this podcast or you know a testimony video that we share on social media, like what would be your encouragement? Uh, for us to deal with that. Yeah, I think engage with it, celebrate it. Um, it ultimately, uh, what is it? How does the phrase go? It's just like we participate in what we celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, you oh, know, like it's it's an interesting thing how, uh, you know, people will get involved at a basketball game. People will do uh, tons of things around what they want to do. Even, you know, this, uh, this month, a couple movies have come up and I've tried to arrange ways for going to see, uh, you know, the first couple showings with friends and we'll engage over text and we'll do all these things and these forms of communication and collaboration to get to it. Uh, but when it comes to just the church and the things that we put together for it, it's surprising sometimes how we, we have a different gear, a low mm-hmm. gear we take with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying this to try and make anybody feel bad, but it is one of those things that uh, when you hear testimonies of people that you know or people that you yeah. resonate with um, sharing that stuff, not for the sake of just just being a good Christian and sharing it, yeah. but asking yourself legitimately, am I moved by this? Yeah. Is is what the church doing, is what the church is presently doing, does it excite me? Yeah. Um, knowing that we're uh, citizens of heaven, residently on earth, <laughs> yeah. is are my behaviors reflective of a person that is interested in what's going on. Um, And as it relates to like this podcast, uh, I think that one of the things I shared with both of you guys, we first kind of kicked it back up was that if we value this, we need to try and, you know, put it in front of people in a way that uh, gives them an opportunity to engage, but also uh, just kind of like realistically take the feedback in of how are we, you know, how is it being listened to? What is our, you know, just looking at the metrics realistically. But uh, I think that it's important for anyone listening to know that we don't put time and effort into things that we don't believe is valuable for Mm -hmm. you as a listener to take part in. Um, And so encouraging one another through these tools that we we create is uh, especially valuable to me. And I know it is to you guys too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I know that's a a bit of a a roundabout answer, but just engage with it in whatever way that is. Share it with people, comment Mm -hmm. on it, do the things that show that you're a part of the community you want to be a part of. Absolutely. I like what you say. uh, You participate in what you celebrate. Mm-hmm. And the hope will be that as things are coming out, whether it's a sermon or a testimony or or an invitation to an event that could be instrumental to somebody, that as a church, we're celebrating that. Yeah. So much so that we're willing to share it so that the it will multiply into other people's life. Yeah. Uh, now, Miles, as somebody who, you know, has been here for quite a long time, oh, and you have said yeah. behind the camera pretty yeah. much, uh, there is a question we ask at the end of very, uh, very of every yeah, single, te- uh, almost a testimony. Uh, yeah, single at episode. the end of every testimony. Miles, yeah. so at the end of every podcast. There you go. Help me out. Every, <laughs> beyond the view, yeah. we ask a question. Yeah. What is it? To yeah. our listeners. Mm-hmm. We have only had two new answers Absolutely. so far. Do you know what that question is? I believe I do. Yeah. What is that question, Miles? What does your life look like? Beyond the pew. Indeed. Wow. What yeah. does your life look like beyond the pew? Maybe and glorifying... To the Lord Jesus, always. Always. To always. the Lord always. Jesus. We hope yeah. you come yeah. back next week. Miles, thanks for being Thank here. Thank you very much for coming in. Appreciate yeah. it. We'll see we'll you all see next you. week. Share it. <laughs>